When you make a spontaneous prayer, what's the first thing you say to God? What's your final thought? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today, we are on page 51 of Tractate Gitten, and we learn that prayer has three integral elements. Praise, ask, thanks. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with the story. There's a classic tale of the fellow who's driving round around the car park looking for a spot. In desperation, he turns his eyes heavenward and prays, God, I'm running late. If you give me a parking spot, I promise to start going to shul more often and giving more tzedakah. Suddenly, a spot opens right up ahead. He races over before any other car can get there first. As he's pulling in, he looks up again. Don't worry about it, God. I've just found one. Today's stuff discusses the obligation to take an oath if an individual makes a partial admission to someone who claims a debt from him. He must swear in court that he does not owe the difference. Let's look at the Gemara. Rabba Todd, why did the Torah obligate a debtor who admits to owing part of a loan to take an oath to the creditor that he owes no more, since we assume that a person would not act with chutzpah to his creditor's face? Perhaps this fellow would have wanted to completely deny the claim, but did not do so, since a person would not act with chutzpah and lie straight to his creditor's face. The truth is, he really wants to acknowledge owing the entire loan amount, and the reason he does not do so is merely to push off his creditor until he has the money to return. Therefore, the Torah requires him to swear so that he will admit to owing the entire amount. Let's analyze the Gemara. Why is it considered chutzpah for the debtor to lie to his creditor's face? Rashi explains that this individual showed him kindness by lending the money interest-free, as the Torah commands, of course. It would be quite the character who'd repay that kindness with brazen audacity. Let's take that lesson up a step. If a person would not act with chutzpah towards another who did him the kindness of lending money, then certainly if he gifted him the money or performed some other benevolent act of kindness for him, he'd display extraordinary graciousness towards him. Now think about it like this. Day in, day out, God bestows his bounty upon us. If we stopped for a moment to think about all the kindnesses he does for us constantly, there wouldn't be enough hours in the day to thank him for his never-ending beneficence. And yet, so many people, instead of being grateful to heaven, act with chutzpah. They expect Hashem to provide his goodness, but when he does, they're ungrateful. When things don't go their way, they get angry with God. But when things do go their way, they attribute their success to their own efforts or good luck. Just like our friend driving round and round the parking lot, many people turn to God when they're desperate but forget him and deny his guiding hand mere moments later. What exactly went wrong with our friend? What prompted his chutzpahdik response? The answer lies in the nature of his half-baked prayer. Our tradition depicts tefillah as a trifold experience. Each of our prayers begins with praise of God. We then proceed with the request. And finally, we conclude by thanking him for providing. Our friend rushed straight into his request, forgetting that prayer begins with a contemplation and acknowledgement of the greatness of God. Once we recognize with whom we are conversing, we're able to properly frame our request. Otherwise, the prayer lacks any seriousness or meaning. We find this pattern in the general outline of our morning prayers. We start with the brachas and psuke de zimra, culminating in our profoundest expression of Hashem's awesomeness in the Shema and its blessings. We followed the praise with the Amidah and Ashrei sections where we make our requests. 
and we conclude the service with the Aleinu and Song of the Day prayers of gratitude. Likewise, within the Amidah itself, we find the same formula of praise, request, and thanks. If you look at Mincha Marv, you'll find the same sequence. And that's the formula we follow even for spontaneous prayer. Praise, request, thanks. How do you praise Hashem? Probably the easiest, most familiar prayer of praise is Ashrei, chapter 145 of Tehillim. Throughout your day, each time you're about to ask Hashem for assistance, remember that the initial step is to praise Him. That means taking a minute or two to recite Ashrei. It's not that He does that He needs your prayer or praise. The point of the praise is to put yourself in the right frame of mind to talk to Hashem and beseech Him for your needs. You wouldn't walk in the Prime Minister or President's office without preparation, how much more so when you're about to talk to the Supreme King of Kings, the Holy One, blessed be He. You need to prepare yourself and make sure you appreciate the gravity of the moment. And once you've offered your prayer request, don't forget to thank Him. A good quick psalm for that purpose is chapter 100, Mizmah Lusoda. It's quick and easy to learn by heart. Trifold davening ensures that you never take God's bounty for granted. May you merit having all your prayers answered even before you've completed uttering them. Wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Daft Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. If you've enjoyed being my Chavrissa today, please consider purchasing the book series or partnering with the Center for Torah Values as we show the value of Torah and instill our values with Torah. Check it out at transformativedaft.com and across social media at Rabbi Daniel Friedman.